Hello and welcome to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from Beyond. Founded by revenue management veterans from the airline and hospitality industries, Beyond is the leading revenue management software for vacation rental owners and managers. Listen in for the mid-episode break where you can find out how Beyond can help you and your vacation rental business. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again. We are getting ready for a spectacular summer season. We expect it to be spectacular anyway, but there's a whole lot to do to make sure that we are ready, our staff are ready, everything is ready. And I'm going to share with you today my seven must-do checks to ensure that we have a spectacular season. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you once again. And here in Ontario, we have just passed our sort of milestone. It's our end of spring, beginning of spring. I don't know. It's our it's our spring stroke summer milestone. We call it the May 2-4 weekend. It's called that for a, a couple of reasons. One is that it is seen to be the start of our summer. And traditionally, it's when people go to cottage country or get out into the country and take their slab of beer, their 24 case of beer, May 2-4. It's the weekend of beer. However, that's probably not why it's called May 2-4. It's also the Victoria Day weekend, but it always falls on or around May the 24th. So that's probably a better explanation of why it's called the May 2-4 weekend. Here in our business, it's party weekend. It's when everybody, you know, gets out of the city. They want to kick their heels. I would say the water is definitely not warm enough to swim. But for many people, it's the first swim of the year. They're going to take that first plunge into the lake. They're going to have a campfire if we don't have any fire bands. And they're going to party the night away. We have to be very, very careful in terms of screening to ensure that we get the right people into the right properties for the May long weekend. As you're listening to this, the May long weekend has just passed. We are done with it for another year. In fact, the last two years, we couldn't rent for the May long weekend because we were shut down, locked down for both 2020 and 2021 for May 2-4. So this is the first one in three years. So it's going to, it, it was, it was fun. It was fun. I'm saying that because I'm recording this before the May long weekend and you're hearing it after the May long weekend. So I'm sort of getting slightly, slightly confused about whether I'm talking in the past, present or future. But anyway, you get my drift. But for us, you know, once we're past that milestone, it really is, it kick, we are kicked into high gear now for the summer. We're pretty much fully booked. We expect to be pretty much fully booked by this time of year, but we are taking on new properties every single day. I've mentioned this before. The volume of new owners is 
phenomenal. I have never seen this before in our 20 years in this business. Usually we will go to the Cottage Life show in Toronto at the end of March, beginning of April. It's a big extravaganza for anything to do with second homes in the country here. And we'll probably come away with about 40 or 50 leads from that from that show. Costs us a lot to go there. But you know, ever since last September, I don't think a day has gone past, a single day has gone past that we haven't had more than two inquiries. Now, I'll let you do the math on that. You know, that's September through April, uh, September through May, in fact, at least two inquiries every single day. Now, many of these have come to nothing. It's been people who are thinking about buying a property. They're putting in a bid for a property and like everywhere else, properties are having multiple bids. So a lot of them failed. People decided that they could not afford the soaring prices in cottage country and they backed off. And then we have quite a lot of owners who are building properties and getting a little bit stuck now due to supply shortages and cottages that were meant to be finished by May, may not be finished until the fall now. So that volume of new owner inquiries hasn't resulted in that same number of converted owners, but it has resulted in an amazing database of owners that are interested in renting out their properties that we can continue to nurture. Even if they decide not to buy this year, maybe they'll buy next year. So this is a whole other discussion about marketing for for new owners and owner acquisition, et cetera. I'm not going to go into that today, but we've had to streamline our processes to make sure that we are following up on every one of these inquiries. So the upshot is, is that myself, my business partner, Craig, and our general manager, Christina, are pretty busy doing this thing that I love to do, which is to go to these fabulous properties out in the country on a lake. My business partner today, as I record this, is on a boat heading out to an island property and it's a glorious day and I can't think of anything better. What a lovely way of working. And he'll go and have a look at that property, evaluate it for rental purposes and see if we can, if, if it's good for us to take on because we don't accept every property. We've set some pretty hard standards over the last few years. And if a property doesn't get up there or the owner is not prepared to get it up there, then we will respectfully decline. But we are taking them on now. And so that's busying us up for the next few weeks for the rest of May and well through June as we get these new properties listed. We've still got high demand for the summer. We've got very low supply at the moment because most properties are booked and things are looking pretty good. On the other hand, we have to get ready for this season to make sure that when it does arrive and our season starts around about the last week of June, goes through to September, we want absolutely everything in place. I mean, we've been doing this for a lot of years, so it should run on rails. But, you know, we've had two very strange years, as everybody else has. So we're sort of clicking back into normality again. Uh, Is it normality or is it normalcy? I don't know. I shall go look that one up. But we are getting back to what I would see as, as, as a normal summer in terms of the way that guests will react when they get to a property. 
the last two years, they've just been happy to get there. And if there was something not quite right, the majority of them would just say, what the heck? I'm here. I won't complain too much. It will get fixed and I'll be happy with that. But I think we're probably coming back to slightly more higher demand guests, which is no bad thing. You know, if something goes wrong, then obviously we've got to fix it. But it's the way that, uh, that, that they address it that may be a little bit different this year. So we want to make sure everything is in place. So systems are working, procedures are working, and it runs as smoothly as it possibly can. So I'm going to talk about uh, seven things that we need to address before we enter the summer season. Yeah, there's probably more than that, more than seven, but that's all I've got in this time. So let's let's stick with that. Um, and in no real particular order. It's just some of the things that I've been discussing with our general manager recently. She is onboarding two seasonal staff right now. And one of them will be helping her with issue management. The other will be more on the administrative side because we do operate seven days a week and we have revolving rotors. So every day is covered. So we have the two additional staff to make sure that, you know, we have some of our staff or all of our staff do get a week's holiday through the summer because I think we all deserve that. So kicking off, I'm going to be talking about, and I'll list these, automated messaging and getting that in place, listing accuracy, staffing and backups, issue handling, emergency management, operational planning, and then some pre-planned marketing. You'd think probably all our marketing has been done by now, but of course it has for the summer, but we, we can't sit back on our laurels because we've got the low season coming up in the fall and through the winter. So we want to make sure that we have everything in place while we're so busy in the summer that there is a marketing schedule, an editorial calendar, and some automations going on so that messages for fall and winter reservations and indeed for 2023 reservations, all those messages are going out without us spending a huge amount of time on it. So let's kick off with automated messaging. And I think if you've been listening to this podcast for any time, you know that we started with Breezeway last year then just using their text messaging platform and it was revolutionary. It made such an enormous difference in terms of how many issues we had reported uh, at the end of a stay, because we were hitting the guests right at the time of arrival to ask them if everything was all right. And if they wanted to report any damage or things that were not uh, to their liking. And because of that, I mean, it's not to say that we had a rash of incoming texts and calls on arrival because we're pretty sure that most things are in place and people aren't going to have a problem. But it made it a little bit more difficult for them at the end of a stay to come back to us and say, oh, hey, this was like this when I arrived. Because we asked you when you arrived if everything was okay. So, We want to make sure that all our automated messages are in place because then you just sit back and let that all happen automatically. So we have a sequence. We don't use all of these, but we have a a sequence of messages that go out and we start around about, you know, two weeks before their stay. Those messages tend to go out from Touchday, from the Touchday platform. 
I've just been on a demo with Touchday on their new feature called Memo, which is this automated messaging system. And if anybody's out there interested, if you're using Touchday, if you're interested in learning more about Touchday, definitely get in touch with them. Go to the website and have a look at Memo. I'm very excited about this and uh, we'll be following it very, very closely. But for the moment, you know, we use Touchday sort of leading up to the stay and then we go over to the Breezeway text messaging system and we get all these texts set up well ahead of time. So three days before, there is a message that reminds them of the address. This is where you're going. You'd be amazed at how many people call us and have no clue where they're going. And we remind them of that address. We remind them of the check-in time and the fact that, you know, we ask them not to arrive before check-in time. And we remind them of the lockbox number. And we also point them in the direction of the directions. There are still a lot of people out there who like printed directions. Don't necessarily rely on their GPS. And in fact, in our neck of the woods, if you rely on your GPS, you'll probably end up in some places right in the middle of a lake because there can be unreliable in places. Just to say that we actually use a Touchday guide in every one of our messages to direct guests back to it because that's where all the information is held. So the address, the check-in time, the lockbox number, the directions, they're all in the Touchday guide. So they get a link directly back to their their guide with every automated message. This has the goal of getting them to look at the guide. You know, we've always said that people never read anything. Well, in doing this, more and more people are actually going to the guide and reading it. And because on Touchday, we can see how many times the guide was opened. It does actually work. So we send a message that three days before. The day before, We send another message. We send them the packing checklist, a link to our packing checklist. Now, we've already done this way back. We've sent them the packing checklist, but the day before, while they're packing, we're just reminding them, if you haven't seen the packing checklist, here it is again. It's in your digital guide. Uh, Once again, encouraging them to go to that. The next automated message arrives on the first morning of their stay. And it basically says, how was your first night? Are you loving the place? Is there anything you've noticed that you'd like to let us know about? Are there any issues? And 90% of the time, we get the quick text back says, oh, had a great night. It's fabulous here. But the other 10% are just notifying us of some things that we need to be aware of. You know, I found a mouse dropping in a drawer. It's a bit disconcerting. That allows us to put something immediately in place that gets somebody out there to see if there is a a mouse issue. Is there a cleaning? Well, clearly there's been a cleaning issue. It could be that they can't find something. They can't find something they expected to be there and we'll be able to uh, amend, uh, assess that and deal with it. So that first morning of their stay message is hugely important to us. Very, very helpful the next message goes out on their last night and it's a reminder of the checkout time and any to-dos that need to take place before checking out, i.e., you know, if if the owner, cleaner of that property wants the linens left on the bed, then we direct them back to the guest guide to the checkout instructions. 
I mean, mostly they're, they're very minor. Leave the linens on the bed. It might say, please load the dishwasher. It might, in some circumstances, ask them to put some towels in the washer to get the laundry underway. Bearing in mind that so many of our places are so remote that you know there are no <laughs> laundry facilities. We don't have the luxury of being able to haul all the linens from all the properties back to a central location and do the laundry. You know, everyone is is entirely independent and unique and has its own procedure for linens. So, you know, every every property will have its own checkout list. Um, then we do another automated checkout uh, on the day of departure, just to make sure that uh, everything was okay, that uh, they've dealt with the garbage, hope they had a wonderful time, and please leave us a review. So all those things can be set up now. We, want, we know which of the automated messages worked the best last year. So we've done a review on that. And because it seems like a lot, doesn't it? It seems like a lot of messages. But in fact, that number of messages actually works. We have tested this system and those messages work. So getting those messages all in place on the Breezeway platform, we don't have to even think about it. You know, those are just going to go out. The other messages that we set up are the general ones that we might send out if necessary. And we have one for incoming storm. You know, there's a storm incoming. Please make sure that the umbrellas are down and that the boats are turned over or whatever the owner wants to have happen in event of bad weather coming in. And and we keep an eye on our weather all the time. Another one is hydro. If if the um if hydro if the electricity goes out after a storm, then we have a message that goes out to some areas, you know, th- those particular areas saying your power may be out and directing them to the hydro, you know, the the Hydro One Storm Center, which is our electricity company's very updated platform where they can go and check and see when the power's likely to come back on. So that's the automated messaging. We're going to get all that in place. Another check that we do is every property. And this was probably done a while back. I've seen messages going backwards and forwards between our owners and our cottage success managers mentioning things that may be on the listing that aren't there anymore. You know, maybe a canoe didn't survive the, or something didn't survive the winter and has been taken away. So we follow up on every single listing with owners and managers to make sure that all the features and amenities that are on that listing are as described. And if anything's been changed to go back to the guests and let them know, we want them forewarned if anything Uh, has been changed. And I often talk about the story about bunk beds in my own cottage when I decided to take the bunk beds down and make two twin beds out of them and then didn't tell anybody and then had a guest arrive with a child who was absolutely distraught because he'd been promised this bunk bed. He'd never slept in a top bunk before and this was going to happen on his vacation. And they arrived and... I'd taken the bunk beds down and we couldn't get them back up again because I'd thrown away all the pieces. That was a hard, hard lesson. And we get in touch with, with all our owners well in advance to say, check your listing 
make sure that everything we're saying on the listing is absolutely in place. Because if it's not, we are going to hear about it and you're going to hear about it from us. So it could be, you know, have the bed configurations changed at all? Does the reality of the place actually match the photos? You know, we've got 150, 160 properties. Some of them have been on our site for a long, long time. And we don't get to every property every year to do new photographs. So it's really important that, you know, if, if an owner's changed something, uh, if there's been some new construction gone on, that we check that and make sure that they look at every photo on their listing and agree that it matches the reality of now. Because I was, I was talking to a guest the other day and they're going to one of our great properties. It's called Still Bay Retreat. It's a collection of five cottages with a common dining area. It was an old resort, so it's got a common dining area, a common games area, but five independent properties. And we rent it as one big space for up to 30 people. And I was talking to this lady and she said they had a Zoom meeting with all the family, with all 28 of them, I think. And everybody's been looking at the listings and she said, we can't stop looking at those photographs and they're, they're indelibly printed on our minds. And I thought, wow, I better go and look at those photos and make sure that the reality is going to match what is indelibly printed on their minds, because we will hear about it if something's not right or if something's changed. Uh, in fact, very little has changed in, in that property. I, mean, I always say, you know, don't expect that the linens will be the same. You know, they, they may change, but features, amenities should all be in place. So that's making sure the listings are up to date. Staffing, I mentioned that Christina is, is onboarding two, two of our seasonal staff this year. For the last two years, we have not had that additional help. In both years, we had people lined up and in both years, they just cried off at the last minute. That's a whole staffing issue I think we all faced in uh, during COVID. And Christina said this year, she said, I am not doing another year of working. As, as I mean, she is the most amazing general manager you could possibly have. She lives, eats and breathes this company. We have to tell her to take an hour or two off. I mean, I'd like her to take full day off, but I know she won't. You know, in the summer, she works through the entire week. And when she does take time off, I still see her commenting on Slack and just coming into a Skype conversation. I mean, it, it is great. <laughs> She's brilliant, but she has to have time off. So she actually said, I cannot do another summer without these additional people. So we've, we've made sure that we have some adequate help to cover us seven days a week throughout the summer. And then we make sure that schedules are published so everyone understands their roles every single day throughout the summer. And our staff are just brilliant. They, they actually work it out between them, who's going to do what on each day. Somebody's working on issues, somebody's working on the phones and doing the emails. I mean, we're not a huge company, there's, there's Christina and there's Caitlin and there's Sandra and Kathy, and they all work from home. So, you know, that they're not together in an office, but those guys work in sync. They really do. But they do have to, they, they do take time off and we've got to make sure we're covered all the time. So they really do stick to those schedules. 
Um, we made sure that the seasonal staff have access to a comprehensive training manual. I mean, we've been, ha- we've been using seasonal staff for years. So we've built up a training manual over time. We actually use the Touchday platform for that. We have um, our staff handbook is there. So they have access to that. And the training plan is, is pretty much set. Sandra and Christina have worked this training plan out and... All our staff have a role in training up the seasonal people, which is really important since everybody's working remotely. So they get the chance to discuss, they get the chance to get to know the rest of the staff. Of course, this is something that really impacts us and that's having backups for changeovers to ensure that when a cleaner calls in sick, there is somebody else available. Now, for, for many of you, if you've got companies where all your properties are in the same area and you have your own cleaning teams or it's easier to back up. I am sure you still have a plan. And I think that's really important for anybody. You know, if if you're an owner who does your own changeovers, what happens if you get sick? What's your backup plan? And I think it's really important. And I'm going to talk about emergency management in a minute. Really important to, uh, to ensure that you have backup for absolutely everything, every eventuality. Okay, before I go on with my next few points, I want to talk about our sponsor, and that is Beyond. Beyond has been has sponsored the podcast for the last 10 weeks. This is week 10, and I'm going to play the final question that I asked of Ryan Saylor, the Director of Partnerships at Beyond, in a moment. But I'd just like to draw your attention to the last nine episodes, because every, in every single one of them, Ryan has joined me to answer a question that their clients have asked of them. So if you want to go back and listen to every single podcast to capture those questions, that is fantastic. I'd love that. Um, but you may not have done. So I want you to go on over to the show notes where I have listed all the questions that I asked Ryan and there will be a link to where you can go and hear all those questions and all those answers in one place. Okay, so let's roll on over and uh, and get a question to Ryan Saylor. Oh, my last question. So great to have Ryan Saylor back with us for one last time to talk about revenue management and dynamic pricing. Last question, Ryan, what are the three top reasons why somebody should choose Beyond? Yeah, it's a great question. Happy to answer it. The first one I would say is Beyond is really, really passionate about helping our users drive more revenue through a quite a few different ways, whether it's pricing or distribution or revenue management. We really put a focus on revenue management education and really supporting all of our users in their strategies and and what they want to get out of their business. Even if it's that's owner management or owner acquisition, we consistently build products and will continue to do so to support that initiative. So that's something that I really enjoy about working at Beyond and, and something that I hear a lot from property managers coming from just our mentality as a team, and also the thought leadership that we bring to the the short-term rental industry as well. The second thing I would say is just our data. I came directly from working on our product team and and was able to see all the data that we have and how we use it across all of our different products. And 
really it's it's unmatched in the industry what we have available and, and what we've seen over the past eight years when it comes to a pricing standpoint. We're the experts when it comes to pricing and we we really have the data that we also share with our users to to use on their behalf as well if they want to. And it's a big, big reason why why I like uh, what we're building at Beyond. And then finally, the team that we have here is absolutely amazing. Our support team, our customer experience team, everybody at Beyond is truly aligned with what we're trying to do in the industry and also what our our customers are trying to do as well. We are here to help, to listen, to educate, uh, to really be on the same team as everybody using Beyond and and move everybody forward as best as possible. So that that to me is the the biggest reason. The people here and, and really what I hear from property managers who are able to work with our teams day in, day out. Thank you so much, Ryan. Over the last 10 episodes, you have shared the answers to some of the top questions that people have been asking. So uh, for for those of you listening, if if you haven't gone back to those 10 episodes, then I suggest you do check out those questions and those answers that, that Ryan has so elegantly given. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you, Ryan. I really enjoyed learning about Beyond uh, over the last 10 weeks. I will put a link to the interview I did with Ryan right at the very beginning of Beyond Sponsorship. Uh, It's a full episode and tells you all about revenue management and dynamic pricing. And that's something that, uh, that I've listened to a couple of times because really important for me and for my business. So moving on to my seven um, must-do checks, and we're just talking briefly about issue handling. You might call them problems, work orders. I don't know. We just call them issues. You know, the things that the guests contact us about or the owners and, and we have to deal with. So we have to make sure before we start the season that our operational system is ready to handle issue management. Does everyone know their role? Does everybody know what what they will do in the event of a certain situation happening? So we go through, I mean, we've been doing this for years. So we go through all sorts of scenarios and people come up with ideas on how to deal with them. It gets better. It gets easier. I was going to say it gets better. It gets easier every year because most of the things that come to us have happened before and we know how the solution worked. You know, sometimes the solution doesn't always work. And at other times we've had an aha moment and an an amazing solution has come to mind. And one that just really illustrates this was a couple of years ago, uh, Christina hadn't been with us long and we had guests arrive at a cottage and the owner had not supplied any linens. There was a communication breakdown in terms of what the what should have been there and yeah say no more except there were no linens on the beds the beds were unmade which i mean it was pretty unacceptable however we had to deal with it and between christina and uh, my business partner craig they found a local motel uh, because this was seven o'clock at night on a Saturday. And, you know, this is cottage country. There are no stores. There's no stores open to go and buy bed linens. So they contacted a local motel because, of course, they would have spare linens. And they did and were able to loan us um, linens for this property. Now, once again, because our properties are very rural 
and we don't have staff in place. We had to ask the guests to go out. It was about seven kilometer drive to go out to this motel, pick up the linens, take them back and make the beds. But you know, there's that old adage that said, that says a problem. If you deal with a problem really, really well, you will probably get greater customer satisfaction than if you didn't have the problem at all. These guests were overwhelmed with how we dealt with that and they absolutely loved it. We've got a fantastic review. No real mention was made of the fact that they got there and there were no linens on the beds. So it, uh, it was definitely a very much a win-win situation on that one. But we make sure, you know, we've, we've talked through different scenarios and how we, how we handle them. Each week we know what other properties might be available at very short notice if we have to move somebody. And we have had to in the past where where there's been, you know, a storm damage or something like that. So we, we just, those operational systems have got to be in place. Um, we also make sure prior to the season that our contact lists for things like pest control, AC, plumbing, electricians are all up to date and verified and that we, we know who we can call out in an emergency. We hopefully talk to them and make sure that, uh, you know, or, or ask what that lead time might be if an emergency happens. And, and that's always been super helpful. So it really takes me on here to emergency management. You know, is, is your emergency plan up to date, emergency management plan up to date? You know, what would happen if another virus comes along between now and the summer, i.e. monkeypox? That's the new thing. You know, we're, COVID seems to have been out the window and now we're just waiting for the pustules to uh, start erupting. No, I'm hopefully I'm joking. I really hope I'm joking. So, you know, keep the COVID plan on the back burner. You've learned a lot from the last two years. So don't let it go. I mean, I was saying to my staff a, a couple of weeks ago, we should take the COVID FAQ sheet, uh, FAQ page off the website now. And the couple said, no, don't I, you should leave it because people are still searching for it. And it was good for SEO. So brought it up to date. Um, I don't think it's live on there now, but it's there. Should we have to reinstate it? So remember how COVID started just with a few cases here and there. And we're hearing about monkeypox in Portugal and Spain and the UK and here in Canada, quite a, a few of them in Montreal. So we're keeping an eye on that because, you know, it's unlikely anything's going to come of it, but people have been spooked enough with COVID to be spooked by this as well. So we want to be very sure that we are ready to handle questions and queries. For those of you in hurricane areas or wildfire areas, you will probably have evacuation plans uh, in, in place. You know, wildfires could be the, the big mover this year, mover of people. At the moment, there's wildfires in 20 U.S. states. People will get scared. You know, if, if they're in an area and there is a wildfire, it doesn't matter how far they are away from it. They will be scared. They may want to cancel. So you're going to have to get put something in place. How are you going to deal with that if people get spooked about being in an area where there's a wildfire? We had this a few years ago. We had a, a, a wildfire up in our Georgian Bay area. And we had a guest going to a cottage that was two hours from there. And he was totally panicked. He was completely freaked out and he wanted to cancel. And that, you know, we had to deal with 
his emotion, we had to be sure we weren't going to say to him, no, it's all, it's okay, you'll be fine. In fact, of course he would have been fine. But he was, he was adamant he, he had to cancel because of it. We did indeed stick with our cancellation policy, but we were able to re-rent that week. So he did get the majority of his money back. But you need to have your system in place. What, how, how will you deal with that type of, of person? Pest control. How are your plans for pest control? You know, we've got a bed bug plan. We know what, because we've had a bed bug issue before. So everybody knows that if there is a report of a bed bug, then this plan goes into action. Last year, we had an infestation of caterpillars and apparently the caterpillars are back again this year. And what happens is that in the late springs or late May into June, the caterpillars are in the trees, gazillions of them, and they poop a lot. So we, last year we had decks that were absolutely, if you can imagine it, they were, I don't know whether you want to imagine this, but they were covered with, with caterpillar poo. And this had to be cleared up and it could be done on a changeover. And then by the end of, by the, by the following morning, the deck was covered again. It was a matter of not being able to go out because of these caterpillars. So we are dealing with this again this, this year. And the question is, you know, it's not bad in every single area. So do we go to all our guests coming in in June and saying, hey, there's, you might get covered in caterpillar poo if you go outside. Some areas are being sprayed. So in, in fact, they learned a lot from last year. We could see more spraying going on. That brings with it another issue about people being freaked out because insecticide or pesticides pesticides, insecticides, whatever it is, is being sprayed from aircraft in certain areas. You know, they're, they're sort of, you call it fogging? I don't know. They just spray it, spray it on the trees. Um, but it's all about being forewarned. Being forewarned is forearmed. If you, if you know that there's going to be an infestation of something, then get your procedures in place. So we know what we do if the power goes out in places because this happens on multiple occasions across the summer and people could be without power for an hour for three hours or, or perhaps in the event of really powerful storms places can be out of power for days now we've had instances of guests saying hey this is fantastic you know this is like going back to nature we're playing games with the kids we're using candles. Of course, we ask our owners not to supply candles anymore. So they can use the battery-powered lights and they play games. And it can be a very pleasant experience for some. Others, it's absolute disaster. You know, particularly those who did not have their phone charged when the power went out. So one of the things we're asking uh, owners to do is supply power packs in their emergency kit. Is to have an emergency kit. And in it is a battery power pack so that at least if guests are in there, they can charge their phones to keep them going while the power is out. So we've thought about all these things and attempt to put as many solutions in place should these emergencies happen. We have great fun talking about what could possibly go wrong. Amazing what comes up and actually what actually comes to pass. Then we're prepared for it. So next is 
what have I got on my list? Operational planning. I don't, I've called it operational planning, but it's, it really is the logistics, you know, being prepared for shortages with gas issues, diesel shortages. You see so much on the news about supply chain breakdowns. I am sure at some point there's going to be shortage of, of paper products again, because simply because they're just not getting to the right locations. So you might want to, I really hesitate to say stock up, stockpile. But if if you've got a property that's going to accommodate people right through the summer, then it makes sense that you are stocked up for as much of the summer as you can possibly be with paper products, with toilet paper, with kitchen towel, with other supplies that could potentially run out. So double check on linens. Make sure you have enough to keep a property operational throughout a season. If something becomes damaged or becomes stained, and if you can't obtain replacements easily. If you've got linens in-house, then of course, make sure your inventory is accurate. That, that's sort of in a different league, certainly in a different league to, um, to what I'm used to, but I'm sure you do that anyway. I went out recently and bought a freezer, a little five cubic foot chest freezer. It was $179 Canadian. I'm actually using it for my raw dog food for my dog, (laughs) but it got me thinking that some of these appliances you can find relatively cheaply. It's useful to have a spare fridge or a spare freezer to replace one that may break down. And we have fridges and freezers that break down every single week. Something happens somewhere. If we're able to deliver a spare fridge or a cooler, then once again, that shows excellent customer service because it's not our fault if the fridge breaks down, but we, if we can deliver a substitute, then people are going to be super, super happy. So you might think about just a, a spare small fridge. I've got a tiny fridge here in my, in my study. Again, it was about $150. I've taken this out and taken it down to a, to a cottage in the past when, when something has broken down. So it, it's just super helpful. So spare fridge, spare freezer, a portable AC unit, maybe some spare floor fans or you know, just some portable fans to be able to deal with any breakdowns that occur. And then the other thing is, is avoiding access issues by double checking entry plans for every single property. It always was in the past that, that the biggest issue we ever had was access. People couldn't get in because a lockbox code hadn't been changed or it had been changed incorrectly or a key wasn't where a key was meant to be. So this is something that we do diligently every single year. We check on access to every property because every one of our properties has a different method of access. You know, a lot of them now have keyless entry systems, but we still have high-end properties where the owner is determined not to have keyless entry system. And he still wants to hang his key on the back of a Muskoka chair on his porch, which is fine until somebody forgets to put it back there. So we require a hidden key to every single property. Only we know the location of that key. And we will only divulge that information if a guest has a problem getting in. And we can immediately respond to a text with the hidden key information. So so that's just another operational task that we do. So finally, I said I'd talk about marketing. Yeah, don't stop marketing just because you're fully booked. 
one of the best things we did during COVID was to start a wait list because things happen through us through the course of a summer and people cancel, you know, like the guy who canceled because he was afraid of a, of a fire two hours away. But with a waiting list, we can then do an email blast and send it out to that wait list. And that place was booked within 10 minutes. And we have maintained, we've maintained a wait list for the last two years. We keep it up to date. So it still only goes out to people who are genuinely still waiting to find something. It seems a no brainer, of course, but, you know, keeping it updated is a little bit of a manual task, but it's really, really worthwhile. Um, Encourage early booking for 2023. Make sure you've got a system in place for taking early bookings for the following year whether it is just maintaining a list. Some booking platforms don't allow you to go more than a year ahead, but we do encourage our guests as they're leaving a property to reserve for the following year. We may not know the availability for the following year, but at least they have their name there and we can say, okay, if it comes available and we'll get that information as soon as we can to you, then that week is yours. And that is brilliant. I mean, some by the end of 2020, uh, 2021, we had some of our properties were fully booked for 2022 with returning guests. And of course, returning guests are the best, aren't they? Consider creating a referral program and sort of working on that at the moment. How do we, how do we get our guests to refer their friends to us, particularly for out of season we want to really encourage them to refer people to us to fill in those periods of time when we are a little bit more challenged at filling occupancy. So Caitlin is our, our marketing manager and she is diligently working at ensuring that we are covering fall and winter pre-bookings right now. I mean, we don't get much in the way of, of the winter Uh, just as we're approaching the summer, but we will by the time it gets into August. And of course, we're going to be busy by then. So do the stuff now. So that's it. You've, You've heard me rattle on long enough. I am hoping in the next week or two to bring on Ali Camaletti from Camaletti Consulting to talk about, to do a sort of part two of this episode and to talk about how to prepare staff for the summer season, how to prepare staff for handling those issues, handling difficult people, avoiding burnout and making it as stress reduced. Can't say stress-free, you know, it'll never, (laughs) working in this business in a busy environment will never be stress-free, but we can put stress reduction methods in place. We can train our staff how, how they handle difficult people, how they view angry people and how they look after themselves mentally over the course of a summer. So watch out for that or listen out for that. That should be coming up in the next couple of weeks when I pin Ali down to talk to me on that topic. Okay. As I say, you've heard enough from me by now. So I'm going to bow out now and go back to my primary role at the moment, which is going out and seeing properties. I've got quite a raft of them to see over the next week or so and to get up onto our website. It's a very exciting time of year, but also hugely busy. And yeah, I'm I'm going to dip my toes in a little bit of lake water and hopefully get a boat trip like my business partner had. That would be very, very nice. 
So if you like this episode, then please, uh, you know, comment, comment on the show notes. Not many people are commenting on the show notes. Uh, it tells me that you've been to the show notes. If you just say, Hey, I've been here and I enjoyed it, or you could do better. You can tell me that. Leave me a review, a five-star one, if you can, <laughs> on, on the platform on which you listen to your podcast to. And, uh, because that always helps brings in new listeners and our listenership is continuing to go up, which is fantastic. So your reviews help that enormously. So a final thank you to Beyond for sponsoring us for the past 10 weeks. I hope my listeners will take the time to go over to the uh, Beyond website and, and check it out and have a demo. So whatever you're doing today, wherever you're listening, thank you very much. It's always great for me to know that there are people at the other end and I'll be with you again next week. Thanks again for listening to this episode brought to you by Beyond. For more information and to connect with the Beyond team, visit vacationrentalformula.com forward slash beyond or simply click the link in the description section of this episode on your smart device. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.